So I want to start tonight by telling you a story. Um, so get cozy, get some more snacks if you want, get a hot drink. Um, the story um, is about a king. Imagine there was a king who loved a humble maiden. She had no royal pedigree, no education, no standing in the royal court. She dressed in rags. She lived in a hovel. She lived the ragged life of a peasant. But for reasons no one could quite figure out, the king fell in love with this girl in the way kings sometimes do. Why he should love her was beyond explaining. But love her he did, and he could not stop loving her. One day there awoke in the heart of the king an anxious thought. How in the world can I reveal my love to this girl? How can I possibly bridge the chasm that separates the two of us? His advisors, of course, told him that all he had to do was command her to become his queen, and it would be done. Easy. For he was a man of immense power. Every statesman feared his wrath. Every foreign power trembled before him. This poor peasant girl would have no power to resist. She would have to become the queen. But power, even unlimited power, cannot command love. The king could force her to be present in the palace, but he could not force love to be present in her heart. He might be able to gain her obedience this way, but coerced submission is not what he wanted. He longed for intimacy of heart and oneness of spirit, and all the power in the world cannot unlock the human heart. It must be open from within. So he met with his advisors once again, and they suggested he try to bridge the chasm by elevating her to his position. He could shower her with gifts, dress her in purple and silk, and have her crowned the queen. But if he brought her to his palace, if he radiated the sun of his magnificence over her, if she saw all the wealth, pomp, and power of his greatness, then she would be overwhelmed. How would he ever know if she loved him for himself or for all that he had given her? And how could she know that he loved her and would love her still had she remained only a humble peasant? Would she be able to summon confidence enough never to remember what the king only wished to forget, that he was the king and she had been a humble maiden? Every alternative he came up with came to nothing. There was only one way. So one day, the king arose, took off his crown, relinquished his scepter, laid aside his royal robes, and took upon himself the life of a peasant. He dressed in rags, scratched out a living in the dirt, groveled for food, and dwelt in a hovel. He did not just take on the outward appearance of a servant. He became a servant. It was his actual life, his actual nature, his actual burden. He became as ragged as the one he loved so that she could be his forever. It was the only way. Danish philosopher Soren Kierkegaard told this parable to illustrate God's motive for sending Jesus to this earth. I'm sure you see the parallels between this story and the bigger story of the Incarnation, 
which is just a fancy word for God becoming human, what we celebrate at Christmas. I want to focus in on a few points from this story that I think deserve our attention tonight. First, God chose to enter our darkness. Have you ever made the choice to walk beside someone in their darkness? I know that's kind of a heavy question. Have you put your life on hold because someone needed you desperately? I know some of you have made this choice even recently. If it wasn't this year, you've probably entered someone else's darkness at some point. Here's another question. Has someone ever chosen to enter your darkness? Has another person made that kind of sacrifice for you? This is what God did when he took off his crown and walked among us in the person of Jesus. He entered the world quietly with humility. His earthly mother and father were poor and lived during a dark time of oppression. By becoming human, God came to fully experience and understand the human condition, not by observing far away from up above, but by walking with us. He came in a way no one expected. Like the king who gave up his status and laid aside his crown, Jesus came as a servant, not a ruler, to show us how to live well and love each other, not to command us. John 1.14 tells us, The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. The second point for us to remember from this story is that God's only motive was love. Have you ever done anything crazy for love? (laughs) I see some some laughter out there. If you haven't, I'm sure you know someone who has. (laughs) Maybe it was something silly that you did or a choice that you made or a risk that you took. People have done crazy things in the name of love. And in a certain sense, what God did was a little crazy. Unorthodox for sure. No God has ever done what our God did. And the craziest part is, there's nothing we could ever do or not do that would change his love for us. He is all in, fully committed, never going anywhere. His love has a depth we can't fully fathom because we measure love by the deepest love we've experienced as people. Paul prays for us in Ephesians 3 that we would be able to grasp how wide and long and high and deep God's love is through Jesus. Now, because God entered our darkness, motivated by love, we're not alone anymore. The incarnation, or God becoming human, means we never have to walk alone. We have hope even in our despair. We have light when darkness surrounds us. We have peace when life feels anything but peaceful. God sees us. He knows us. He understands everything about us. If it feels to you like maybe God has moved, or he's distant, or he's busy with other things, I want to remind you tonight that he's here. He's walking with you and with me. He's steady and constant, the one thing we can always count on. James says God doesn't change like the shifting shadows. 
In your light and your darkness, he's there. In your joy and your pain, he's there. In your peace and your chaos, he's still there. God is with us. One of the names for Jesus is Emmanuel, which means God with us. The prophet Isaiah tells us, The Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and will call him Emmanuel. Isaiah goes on to tell us in chapter 9, The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. So what does this mean for us? It means everything. And what does this change for us? It changes everything. Because of God's immeasurable love for us, he came to earth to become one of us to walk with us, to live life with us, to understand us. It's the greatest love story ever told. He did everything and gave it all just to be with us. My hope for you tonight is that this story, this love story, and these reminders would bring back a sense of wonder and awe for you, that you would feel the mystery and magic of Christmas in this epic love story, and that you'd remember most of all that you are not alone that God is with you, and he loves you with a never-stopping, never-giving-up, unbreaking, always-and-forever love. He's here. May we open our hearts to his love. Would you pray with me?